Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Gentlemen, happy Reckless Speculation Thursday here. I think i got to reset my button bar so I can hit this sounder about 14,000 times in the next... There we go. This is a special one. This is a special one. I was just trying to think, like... Is this on the Mount Rushmore of annual reckless speculations? Like, there's oh, always yeah. there's the reckless speculation right yeah. before the NFL free agency period. Yes. There's the reckless speculation before the draft. Yeah. And I think go, going into the there's NBA not, and even NHL free agency seasons, this is this has got to be one of them. There is 1,000% zero for baseball because we don't know when guys are going to sign, and, and that's <laughs> over like a four- or five-month period. Yeah. Yes, the – the NBA has, I think, damn near perfected. They're not the first because uh, football's still the first, but they have damn near perfected the free agency slash just reckless speculation on trades. They are geniuses. This is our SummerSlam on the WWE pay-per-view calendar year. I yes, know it's Money in the Bank also is. this weekend, but this is our SummerSlam of, of, uh, of core, core events, if you will. I, yeah, fully agree. So we bring in our friend Darren Doogie Wolfson from the Five Eyewitness News Sports Department. Inside information and some fun speculation about Minnesota sports teams, Dugs. Hello, sir. Good morning, gentlemen. Happy Reckless Speculation Thursday. Happy NBA Free Agency Eve. Yes. But way more importantly, happy Reckless Speculation Thursday. And congratulations yes. on Tuesday, my man, for killing it, for tearing it up. You stepped in the batter's box on a bonus scoops day. And absolutely raked. Nice work. Yeah, I mean, it was one of those Scott Klingenbeck 90-mile-per-hour fastballs right down the middle. You remember Scott Klingenbeck? <laughs> oh, for a former twin. Scott Baker Scott had Erickson some of it in him, too. Yep. Like Brad Racky did, for that matter, as well. But it was one of those fastballs that I just I couldn't swing and miss, Judd. Mm. It was so easy to make contact. Bravo. As weak as I am, I was able to hit that one out of the park. So, so bravo. I don't even really know, like, where to start because there's so many different – they just – Torian Prince is gone – and but but maybe could come back. It's I guess 
there's so many different paths to go down here. I'm just going to do the old uh, Gene Harrington, uh, rest his soul. Talk about the Timberwolves, Doogie. <laughs> Gene, he was he was Wonderful. a legend. So many Gene Harrington stories. I the Bears understand. or the boat? <laughs> yeah. So here's where we're at in terms of today. Today is the deadline for the Wolves to extend qualifying offers to Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Matt Ryan, Luca Garza. On the latter two, that is done. Mm -hmm. But to me, it's just a mere formality. It's a two-way tender. But what I can see the end result being is Garza is back on a two-way. Matt Ryan is back on a two-way. Then Jalen Clark, the 53rd overall pick, he also is signed to a two-way. New rule, new wrinkle. You can have three guys on two-way contracts. Leonard Miller then signs a standard deal. Likely one-year guaranteed, multiple team options, a Nas Reed-esque contract, a Jalen Noel-esque contract. Then when looking at tomorrow, Jordan McLaughlin's contract, that's the guarantee date. Now, depending on what the Wolves want in terms of having the full mid-level available, they likely then would waive Jordan McLaughlin. I can tell you they are looking to upgrade the backup point guard spot. Yeah, They can also save some money. If you waive McLaughlin and bring in somebody else at a little bit lower number, that can help you. Every little bit matters. But they really like McLaughlin. Like, I can make a case. I want J-Mac here. I know he didn't shoot the ball well last year, but I still think there is value there. But that is something to keep an eye on tomorrow. As of late last night, McLaughlin, his side, just didn't have any sense what the Wolves were thinking. But there certainly is some trepidation on their front that the Wolves could make a move there. Today is also a day on Nathan Knight, but the Wolves can merely, you know, guarantee, because it's not a full guarantee. So essentially what I'm saying is they don't need to waive Nate Knight today. You guarantee him like $300,000 today. You can make a move on Nathan Knight later if you wanted to. So that's another thing to look at today. I have not heard yet. I've been trying to find out. To me, I would tender Nikhil Alexander-Walker qualifying offer. It's a tick above $7 million. Now, he could easily accept, right? Like you tender him, okay, he's a restricted free agent, doesn't hit the unrestricted market, but then he could easily accept one year. It's like $7.07 million. But to me, that's a reasonable number for Nikhil Alexander-Walker. But it is possible the Wolves decide not to tender him that qualifying offer and try to bring him back. Bottom line, they want Nikhil Alexander-Walker back, but it is possible that they feel like they can get him back at a number lower than $7 million. Then when looking at yesterday's official news that we touched on on Tuesday, Torrey and Prince waived. They tried to trade him. They absolutely tried to trade him to Washington for Monty Morris. Okay, the that was my next question. Weren't going to do that. The Wizards want draft pick compensation. I don't know how far the Wolves are willing to go in terms of draft pick compensation, but my understanding is the two sides did not come remotely close to completing a deal. But the Wolves absolutely offered Torian Prince to Washington before making the move, waiving him on Wednesday. All right, so what now do they have up their sleeve, right? That's the question. Free agency starts Friday night. You don't make the Torian Prince move unless you think you've got something lined up. So that is what I am trying to pinpoint all of today.
So interesting. And by the way, is it fair to say, because I, I just don't, I don't know that you can make it work financially now. The Monte Morris, Monte Morris would have been a great fit if you swap him out for or in for Torian Prince. But without Torian Prince's $7.4 million salary slot, it becomes almost impossible to match salaries to get Monte Morris. So is it fair to say that as of right now, the options would be less on like the trade for Monte Morris side and more on the the Dennis Schroeder, Bruce Brown, uh, Dante DiVincenzo, the free agents who might command a mid-level exception type salary? Yes, I do think that is okay. more realistic. Now, the Wolves could also feel like, okay, we can't get Morris now, but he's a logical buyout candidate, right? Late February, early March, that, okay, hopefully we're well-positioned then. Tim Connolly, others have a rock-solid relationship with Morris that maybe they could convince Morris then to join them. So there still might be a pathway later on for Monty Morris to end up with the Wolves. But you're right, Phil. It's not impossible. Like, if you wanted to include Wendell Moore Jr., last year's first-round pick, there are things you could do to make a Monty Morris trade work. But no doubt, the key was, okay, getting Washington to accept Torrey and Prince. Now, on Dennis Schroeder, like, I think that's a long shot. Sure, he's on their radar. That's a tough one for me to see. Bruce Brown Jr., really tough one. For me to see, DiVincenzo, that absolutely is a name I would fixate on. Javon Carter would be the other that I would absolutely fixate on. So at, at this point, Dukes, uh, you talked about the attempt to trade Prince, which did not work out. Is there any steam about potential deals right now as we approach, you know, the beginning of the free agency period as well? But is there any speculation, hopefully very reckless, about potential Wolves trades that are being discussed? Well, what are you alluding to, Judd? Are you asking me, hey, is there a chance that Carl Anthony Towns It's an is open-ended traded? question, my man. The I Wolves am giving put out you a social floor. media video He was not in right? it. He was not was in Kat it. in that video. Rudy was in There's it. Nas Reed. Welcome back, Nas Ant Reed. was video. in it. Nas Reed. Where was Carl? I was in it. Rudy Gobert was in the video. I was in it. Stella was in it. Finchie on a boat. Correct. Where was Carl Anthony Towns? Why wasn't he in that social media video? There just there isn't any legit steam. I get a cat trade question darn near daily. You know, the GQ quotes, the latest Carl Anthony Towns story. He actually did that interview a couple weeks ago when he was at Yankee Stadium, but it just posted earlier this week. I get it, right? The ring finger, saving this ring finger, all that stuff. More laughable quotes. He just lacks self-awareness. But until I hear otherwise, I just don't sense they're trading him now. Now, a year from now, like I'm convinced. What have I been saying since April? That I think the summer of 2024 is when the fireworks come. Like I just don't think this time next year, all of Nas, Gobert, Cat, not like I'm going out on a limb, but I just don't think all three are going to be here. So maybe it's at the trade deadline, depending on how the first half of the season goes, or maybe it's next summer. But I just, until I hear more information here otherwise, I just, Judd, I don't see them trading Cat right now. No, there's not any Mike Conley Jr. trade steam. I did see the Athletics Toronto Raptors beat reporter casually mentioned Minnesota when concocting potential Fred Van Vliet trade scenarios, mm. sign and trade mm -hmm. scenarios. But he also said, hey, I see Fred Van Vliet re-signing here with the Raptors four years hundred and something million dollars. Now, if Fred Van Vliet doesn't end up re-signing with Toronto, 
I think he ends up with the Houston Rockets. Mm. So I just don't see a logical pathway where Fred Van Vliet, trust me, the Wolves would have interest in Fred Van Vliet if there was a logical path to landing him here. But I just don't see how that's possible. Hey, one other thing here, too, is like they're actually it's funny because the Gobert trade was framed as an all in move. Right. You are mortgaging your entire future to try and expedite this process. And you failed because you took a step back in regular season wins and you didn't advance in the playoffs. And now you don't have as many first round picks. But then when you look at this roster and you see that you've got. Jade McDaniels and Anthony Edwards under the age of 22, and you've got Nas Reed back on a three-year, well, two-year contract player option, 23, but he wants to be here. He's part of the nucleus, and I really like what they did in the second round this year. Plus, they've got some guys who kind of collected dust on the NBA level. Josh Minot is the one that I'm the most interested in, but Wendell Moore Jr., I mean, Doogie, they actually have Nikhil Alexander-Walker might come back, a pretty interesting and deep stash of players, 24 and under. So... Is it fair to say that even if they don't win on the level that they had hoped with Cat and Gobert, that they can kind of just like roll right into the next iteration in a year or two? I, I don't feel like it's as doom and gloom for the future as everyone said maybe six months or 12 months ago. Well, it's not doom and gloom because Anthony Edwards continues to ascend, right? I mean, he is that good. I guess the question is, what is the ceiling for Jada McDaniels? Will he get to that ceiling can he be the number two on a really, really good team? Or do you still need to find that number two? And Jaden is more like the number three or number four. But I'm with you, Phil. It's not like they're that far away. The problem is, like, you look at that John Collins trade this week. Atlanta gave away a pretty darn good player. Yeah. Right? So if you're moving Gobert and or Cat, is it really just a salary dump with these aprons now, the new CBA, all that? Or can you get some sort of rock-solid return for either guy? I think that's what it would come down to. But to me, as long as you have Anthony Edwards, who will sign that max extension here in a handful of days, as long as you have him under contractual control for multiple more years, I'm with you, Phil. You are not that far off. I don't think that you would get that much back um, and I, I think it would qualify as a salary dump if you were to move Gobert, which I fully do not expect. You know, Carl is the in- interesting one because of the potential upside there. And if you can sell him as a player like that's I, I guess that's my question, because unfortunately, he continues to talk. And the more he talks, the more he digs himself a hole that makes him harder to trade for what you potentially want back, because if you're selling Carl the player. And, hey, it didn't work out here, but, oh, my God, the potential's still huge. That could get you a lot back. The problem is when he's talking to GQ and he's going on the Pat Bev podcast and he's doing all of these things, these executives and coaches aren't dumb. So I guess my question becomes, too, Dukes, to your point, if you say, okay, we're going to hold on to Cat until a year from now, but then we're going to try to move him. Is this guy, and it, it's a gamble, but is he possibly going to decrease his value with every month because he can't help himself? And every month he does something more and more that makes him, in my opinion, a toxic person. Not a toxic player necessarily, but a toxic person. So this is a really interesting dance with him as far as I'm concerned because my perception of his value from what he's doing just continues to ride the wave down. I don't think a lot of teams share that sentiment. Good. Like if the Wolves truly shopped Cat 
New York, Phoenix, Dallas, Toronto. Great. There's some others. I just don't know how much you're getting back. Like, okay, New York. But is New York giving you quickly and or Barrett plus how many first-round picks? Yeah, you can probably get one. But I don't know if you're getting like two or three young studs plus like two or three first-round picks. Yeah. Right? The money is still a hurdle. Right? Sure. He's got many fans in the league, Judd. But with that super max kicking in starting next year, thinking about Cat in a couple of years making, what, $60 million for a season? That's where I think enough teams would have pause. But he still has enough fans in the league. That I can promise you. I think the, the, the biggest question here that we don't really have a great answer to is what does Tim Connolly, after 12 months now in this job, 12 months around the organization, 12 months around Carl Anthony Towns, what does he think of Cat? You know, I know, I know his, his approval rating is still pretty low because of the Gobert trade, but Tim Connolly is not an idiot. He's a perceptive, smart guy. He built 90% of that Denver Nuggets championship team, and then they came in, they added some key pieces after he left. But now that he's been around for 12 months, does he still look at Cat as a centerpiece, unicorn, championship figurehead next to Anthony Edwards? Or does he look at Cat as kind of a $50 million class clown that at some point needs to be removed from the room? You know, and, I, and he's not going to come out and tell you one way or the other, right? He's going to keep those thoughts to himself. But the more Cat does these interviews and talks about how he says the things that you, that you normally wouldn't say out loud if you're actually a great league-changing type player, right? And I just think if Tim Connolly sniffed out D'Angelo Russell and traded him for, you know, 50 cents on the dollar for a for a veteran point guard adult in the room. Like, he sniffed out D'Lo to the point where he said, I'd rather just get a 35-year-old adult and some second-round picks, and it turned out to be a great trade. Has he sniffed out Cat? Or or would he say something different and say, no, you guys are, you guys are actually missing it. Here's why he's a special player. I don't think he's to that point, Phil. Not saying he doesn't eventually get there. But my sense is Tim is ready to rock and roll with Cat. But they asked a lot of Cat last year, moving from the five to the four. Then the Rockies start to training camp with his illness. Then the injury. That Tim wants to see this thing through at least until the trade deadline. Right? So I think to be determined. But I certainly don't think Tim is to the point of where he was on D'Angelo. And I'm with you, by the way, Phil. Like, you look at every other move that Connolly has made, Kyle Anderson, top five Wolves free agent signing in, you know, their franchise history, right? The D'Angelo Russell trade. To net back those seconds that helped you get Leonard Miller, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Mike Conley Jr., Josh Minot in the second round. Wendell Moore Jr., I think there's still some question marks there. What exactly is his ceiling? Mm -hmm. But a lot of people like that second round pick. We'll see him shine, I bet, in a couple weeks in Vegas. Even bringing in Luca Garza on a two-way. And now they want Luca back, right? When you tender him today. You know, I mean, Luca had his moments. There's enough to like about Tim. And you're right. I mean, he made a lot of shrewd moves in Denver. Now, I'm still not convinced they win the championship without those Calvin Booth moves. Yeah. Brown Jr., Christian Brown, right? And what other move am I forgetting? There were three moves that he uh, made. KCP. 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 Yeah. yeah. So I don't know that they win the championship without 
those three guys. So Calvin Booth, to me, put them over the top. But certainly Connolly assembled a championship-level roster. So Tim Connolly, trust me, knows what the heck he's doing. I just think the the whole cat thing is going to be such a defining move. Like, right now, it's it's clearly Gobert in that trade, and I get that completely. But what you do with cat here long-term, to me, is is like going to be the move that overrides everything. Because, like, right now, I'm sorry, but his actions and his words and his approach just – I, I think it's really hard to get your head around seeing him one day put that coveted ring, that ring he wants so badly that he doesn't want his wedding ring on it. He wants that NBA championship ring. I just think it's so hard to see that happening given his state of mind. Yeah, and it's it's t- going to be tough for Cat though, too, because Dukes, he has won at every level except for college. Except for college. Although I'd argue actually won in college, right? Well, that's he, I mean, he kind of argued that too. In the, in, the in the final four, <laughs> thankfully, Tyus Jones rescued us from the nightmare of the Badgers winning a national championship. But like first overall <laughs> pick, final four, like I'd argue actually won in college. But yeah, I mean now eight years in the NBA, you know, I mean you've laid it out, Phil. What is it, sixteen career playoff games? That's it, and in half of those, eight of the sixteen, he's been virtually a no show. I mean that's yeah. a bit of an overstatement, but. Played like crap in half of those games, and he's barely played in any playoff games to begin with. Yeah, yeah. Just maybe don't do the GQ interview on that level. Maybe you don't. You well, don't. You don't. You don't himself. need to say those no, things to a can't. national publication. You don't have to. Doogie's right. Can't. I mean, I know people in the past who said to Cat, "Stop being a soundbite." They have had many conversations with him about avoiding being a soundbite. Yet he just, he hasn't learned in that regard. He can't help himself. He really can't. You know, I mean, this is who he is in that regard. But I think it's funny because, like, the quotes come off as this bravado and this confidence, I guess, if if you have no radar for it. But it's really coming from a place of deep insecurity to me. Like, that's, like, it's insecurity that he's sort of trying to mask and cover up with false bravado. And guys like Jimmy Butler sniffed it out. And there's other guys. Joel Embiid sniffed it out, and that's why they had a rivalry. And they kind of made up after the you know Towns lost a bunch of family members, and they kind of came together. But um, I guess if you're if you're a perceptive general manager or a perceptive teammate, and there's been teammates that have checked him on it too, but n- not enough to where he's made significant changes to the way that he operates and communicates. And I don't know, man. It's uh, yeah. I mean, that just it all points to this being such a defining season. For Cat, right? You know, yeah. depending on how it goes, it's entirely possible this time next year, July of 2024, we are talking about Cat having been traded, yeah. right? But if things go really well, okay, then he's here, right? So it's just, it's such a defining year for Carl Anthony Towns. One more thing on Torian Prince. So you mentioned, Phil, maybe he'd be back. I think that's an incredible long shot. I'm not saying never say never, like 0% chance, but. I think it's an incredible long shot. I just think it's seven and a half million dollars. I sure hope the Wolves know what they're doing, what they're thinking. Like to me, Torian Prince, I like him a lot. Maybe I'm He's overvaluing, overrating Torian Prince. Mm-hmm. But really, like, are you convinced? I get it. Position scarcity, all that. You know, if you want my not to play some minutes next year, right? You're losing Jalen Noel in free agency. Pretty quick here. I mean, we know Jalen Noel isn't coming back 
right? You may make the move on Jordan McLaughlin, but you're looking for a backup point guard anyway. You know inevitably that Mike Conley Jr. is going to have to miss games. Like, he's not playing 79 or 80 games next year. So who starts at point guard when Conley Jr. inevitably misses those games, right? So I get it when talking about DiVincenzo or Javon Carter, maybe some of those other names you mentioned. I just think Bruce Brown Jr., Dennis Schroeder are long shots. But somebody of, of that ilk, but, like, I think you got to be careful, right? I mean, Kyle Anderson's going to end up playing a decent amount of small forward, right? But is he a better fit at power forward compared to small forward? I mean, that will play itself out. But Kyle, the way the roster is configured, looks like he'll play a good amount of small forward. But I just don't know if they made the right move on Tory and Prince. Clearly, they have something lined up. They know what they're doing yeah. when they made that move. I just wonder if that's a move that will end up biting them in the rear end. This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. I will say this because I also like Torian Prince and there's games like that Knicks game where he can just carry you offensively. He just kind of pops up randomly and will get super hot from three for stretches and and he's just a good versatile player. But the analytics do not like him and I wonder if some of that factors into like there's all sorts of metrics you could look at but he was basically just slightly over a replacement level player the last two years with the Timberwolves. And again, he shoots almost 40% from three. There's times where he does have great you know, defensive instincts, but just as an overall player, the analytics and the and the the big measurements would say that he's actually really replaceable for probably far less than seven million dollars. And that's where like Josh Minot profiles very similarly in terms of size. He's you know five years younger, or maybe seven years younger. I'm fine with this gamble if you're right. If you bring in DiVincenzo instead, and now Minot gets unlocked for fifteen or twenty minutes or something. But, but yeah, there's there's got to be something cooking here in the next probably 48 hours, I would think. Well, there's no doubt there's something cooking, and I will defer to you. I've not looked at the Torian Prince analytics. I do like the three-point shooting, and that's something they are yeah. chasing right now. DiVincenzo can be on the ball, so he can play the one. He can knock down a three. Javon Carter can do a lot of the same things, right? So I understand that. So I guess I, I just I need to see what this next move is. Heck, we'll probably know here pretty darn quick maybe not today but you know by the time you go to bed tomorrow night or maybe Saturday but we'll know pretty quick what that next move is I just need to see it first but on the surface I'm saying I think they're gonna end up missing Torian a little bit yeah hey boys before we get into uh, the rest of the scoop bag here a shout out to our friends at EcoFun electric bikes are a lot of fun for the whole family Judd and Don could both be on an electric bike maybe at the same time one too get Stella Stella one too yeah all in-stock electric bikes are at least 10% off their retail prices, plus 50% off the dealer freight charges. You can save over $700 on higher-end Yamaha electric bikes and up to 500 on Scootstar and Benelli electric bikes this month. Lowest prices in the history of EcoFun on many of the electric bikes in stock. So get on in there. There's two metro locations. You can stop in over the weekend or at the end of the week here, depending on when you're listening to this. Uh, the first one up north uh, of the Twin Cities, Forest Lake off 35, and then Burnsville off 35W and County 42, EcoFunMotorsports.com.
Com. All right, Doogie. What? What's in that bag? Why don't you empty the bag on the table here, the scoop bag. Well, I mean, I twin scoops? What twin moves? Well, I mean, it's the question I get next to, hey, cat for Darius Garland, cat for Damian Lillard. The next question I get is, are the twins firing Rocco Baldelli? Are the twins firing their hitting coach that nobody could identify? Like, if the Twins hitting coach was walking down the street in downtown Minneapolis, I wouldn't know. nobody would have any idea who the heck he is. It's like all the vitriol I saw on social media last night about the Wild taking the kid from Rosemount. Great kid, by the way, Charlie Stramel. I was in the gym with him a couple weeks ago. Fans He's a workout like warrior. I get it. Failed miserably in many ways last year at Wisconsin. But, like, all these Wild fans are, like, convinced this was a bad pick. Based on what? Yeah. Like, Judd Brackett knows what the heck he's doing, doesn't he? Right? And so does Judd Zolgar, by the way. <laughs> Stremel, Stremel can play a little bit. So let's let that play out, right? But it's the same thing. Like, nobody knows who the heck the Twins hitting coach is. Yet everybody's calling for his head. But I get it. Like, when you're 5 for 48 on this trip with runners in scoring position, when you went 0 for 23 with runners in scoring position during the Atlanta series, when you're swinging and missing like they are, swinging and missing at all these pitches out of the strike zone, I get it. And, like, we're meeting out. Like, how many more meetings do they need to have? I recall I was in the clubhouse before the series opener against the Red Sox a couple Mondays ago. Well, lo and behold, here comes Gallo, Correa, Buxton. It was it was all the guys in the lineup, Kirilov and Royce. They're all turning a corner. Like, it was a quick meeting, but that was another meeting. Like, yeah. how many more meetings do we need to have before you make some legit changes? Like, to me, Matt Walner needs to be in the Twins lineup tomorrow in Baltimore. Trevor Larnett needs to be in the Twins lineup tomorrow in Baltimore. And I get it. They will swing and miss as well. But I think, like, actual roster changes need to take place, not yeah. necessarily a coach firing, but I can just tell you, you know, in reality, real time, like checking, well, in the last 24 hours, I just don't sense there's, like, anything on the cusp when it comes to firing. It's not going to be Rocco. Rocco's not going anywhere in season. But when it comes to to the hitting coach, I just haven't heard anything like the Twins are on the cusp of firing here. So d- does Rocco really believe, and, and I mean, I, I will say this, for him, that was a complete meltdown on Wednesday after the loss to Atlanta. But does Rocco really believe that this is all on the players? Because, I, I mean, it's also a philosophical viewpoint. A- as Royce Lewis said on Sunday, I told good old Davey Popkins, I'm going to go up there and hit like a rise and and go back to what I did. So. I'm just curious where the blame is being placed now and if it's being placed entirely on the players, who, by the way, deserve a ton of the blame. I think that's missing the point a little bit. Well, I get where you're coming from, but not like Popkins is telling Byron Buxton in that last at-bat yesterday to chase a ball, you know, literally a foot over his head, right? Like the swing and miss on these pitches out of the strike zone. And I get it, easier said than done when it's coming in at 90 to 95. But, hey, these guys are trained. This is what they do, right? Other teams have figured this out. The amount of chases with this team. Like, I don't know how you blame Popkins on that. I really don't. So if you can lay that out to me, Judd, I'm all ears. You know, fair, fine. I'll sit back and listen. But I don't know how you blame the hitting coach on that. All right, Dukes, any other scoops you got for us? I have, I have a couple more Twins thoughts, but we're going to do a whole segment on, so I'll just I'll save those. For yeah, so I'm connecting with Wyatt Gilmore from Rogers High School. I mentioned on TV on Sunday night during Sports Wrap that it was trending in the direction of him picking a helmet school. He's a defensive lineman, number one recruit in the state. Subjective, but 
you know, a lot of lists list him as either the one or the two in the state of, of Minnesota. So he picked Oklahoma last night. So I'll connect with him later today, but I am not surprised. That being said, PJ Fleck, the Gophers have done a very good job with the class of 2024 in state, but they do lose Wyatt Gilmore. I was over at Gophers women's basketball yesterday, catching up with the new coach Dawn and Nia Holloway from Eden Prairie High School. She missed all of her freshman year knee injury. She's just about fully cleared. Playing two on two, you know, doing a lot of different stuff. She should be fully cleared when the Gophers leave on August 17th for a foreign trip to Croatia and Greece. So that is good news for Nia Holloway. All right. Anything else written down? I was over on campus yesterday when I was going over to women's hoops. Parker Fox from the men's team was running, going for a nice jog. But coming back from two different knee surgeries, ACL tears, like that's still a lengthy road back. Hopefully he can finally make his Gophers debut this upcoming season. But like if anybody expects that he's going to play, you know, 28 to 32 minutes a night, you're sorely mistaken. Great stuff, Dukes. Just absolute great Great week week. of reckless speculation here. Spraying the ball all around. (laughs) Hitting some bombs, but also some doubles, some triples. I mean, it's exactly what the Twins should be doing. All good. And I will let you guys know if I hear on Nikhil Alexander-Walker that qualifying offer. They want him back. The question is, do they tender him? Because I think he would take the one-year $7 million deal. Or do they non-tender him, making him a UFA, but think they can bring him back that way. So I'll let you know. Awesome. All right, there he is, Darren Doogie Wolfson. See you, Okay, see you, boys. Bye-bye. Awesome, man. Um, so, yeah, there's going to be all sorts of fireworks around the NBA this weekend. I think for, from, from a Timberwolves standpoint, I kind of agree with Doogie that the, the cat thing is probably a, a later thing that let's run it back to a certain extent and see. So I guess the unless there's a, an unforeseen trade this weekend, the biggest fireworks you're going to see are like, Dante DiVincenzo on a mid-level exception as a role player, something like that. So we'll see. All right. Great time of year. So it's supposed to be dead. They call it the dead season, and it ain't. No, this is this is not the, the alive is, season. Very this is when it happens. Reckless as it can be. And we uh, we love ourselves a little reckless speculation Thursday. You either live the lifestyle, or you don't, reckless or you need to, speculation. or you should. Yes. See you guys. <laughs>